It is amazing to me how much our feelings about other people can change over time. It is, uh, I was thinking about that yesterday. I have had, you know, several of these situations recently in which, you know, my feelings about someone in my life have changed pretty dramatically. And I'm not saying that necessarily that, you know, it changes and then it never changes back or changes to anything else. I'm just really focusing on how sometimes that can be very disorienting and how sometimes I know in the past that I have felt guilty when I have found myself, especially in situations where I meet new people. And there is that, at least for me, there is that tendency to think that I know who they are. I somehow, you know, decide, and I think it's very natural as humans. I don't know if everyone does this. And, you know, some of it is conscious, some of it is unconscious. But there's a tendency when I really slow things down and look at the process of this, what I find is, is that if I am not being mindful about it, if I'm not paying attention to what my mind is doing or what I'm telling myself about this person, there is a tendency to see them. It's almost like in a way, I don't know, I started to say that I'm just looking for the positives, but it really depends because I have had people that I have met where I see, you know, I do see, I generally am trying to see the positives. And I'm not saying that this is really me trying to do this. This is just, I think this may be a human tendency. But I also sometimes do see what people refer to as negatives as well. I mean, we see people's behavior. We see, we hear the things that they say. Uh, we hear the stories that they tell. We see their actions right in front of us. Uh, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's a kind of a complicated thing when you think about it. And I know for me that when I started paying more attention to what my mind is doing, you know, any feelings that are that are arising, uh, any particular thought patterns that I seem to have when I'm around people, when I'm when I'm in the, what I refer to as the getting to know them phase. Uh, and for me, I think the you know these things happen usually at in the beginning, you know, in the early, you know, when you would get to know someone in the first few months of getting to know them, or it sometimes happens with people that we've known for quite a long time and they go through some sort of a change or, you know, we finally see who they really are after a period of time. It can be someone, you know, you never know. It can be someone that's been in our lives for a while, but suddenly we start seeing things and what, who and what we thought they, they, they were is not really who they are. And I know for me that being more aware you know, I'm not trying to tell myself to be any certain way, but what I am trying to do is just pay attention to my own patterns. And that's where mindfulness practice and mindful coping practice have really helped because through that I have become aware that what I tend to do is I, you know, and, and as a lot of people are, I'm very interested in people. I enjoy meeting new people. I am an introvert, but you know, at the end of the day, when I'm when I'm willing to make the effort, I really am intrigued with people, and I can find myself, if I'm not careful, being fascinated with people. 
I have a, I guess what I refer to as an artistic eye. I am not an artist. I don't really have any skill as an artist, but I tend to gravitate towards people who have a different outlook on life, who have a different perspective on life, and have, you know, kind of a unique way of being in the world. And as a result of that artistic eye, I a lot of times find myself very fascinated with people who have, you know, unique tendencies. They may have a very, very different uh, viewpoint on life. They may have just a different way of being, you know, who they are. And in the past, I found myself when I, when I was not aware or when I was not paying attention, you know, I would either be in one of two modes. I would, I would meet someone and either feel really bored and not really seeing anything unique or anything interesting, and I would just sort of give up, you know. Not a, I would not be rude about it. I would not be unloving about it. I just did not find myself really being, you know, that interested. But when I met people that were really unique, that had a different take on life, and had, you know, a lot to say about it, those were the people that I, t- and I think it's good. I think at least for me, it has helped, you know, to really look at, you know, what are the, are there certain types of people that cause us to be extremely fascinated and intrigued by, because sometimes those are the people that we can tend to make a greater emotional investment early in the, in the process. And in, in some cases too soon. There can be, you know, re- you know, what's referred to as developing attachments. I'm not saying that you fall in love with a person this way, but it's sort of, it has some of the characteristics of that. You just think that they're so incredibly amazing that they're, you want to be around them. And for me, that, you know, that led to, you know, basically a situation of, you know, me deciding who I thought they were. And so instead of really seeing them for who they are, you know, I had a picture in my head of who they are. And what happens is inevitably, <laughs> and it always seems to happen this way over, you know, over a period of time, you start, you know, getting little, you know, it's almost like a puzzle. And as you get more pieces of the puzzle, you know, put together, you start to see something different. In some cases, it can be rather startling. And I know for me what happens in these cases is that I will feel some level of guilt because I have invested so much in developing a relationship with someone only to get to a point where I find that, you know, this is not really who I thought they were. And in some cases, they, you know, it can be a very dramatic shift because as the puzzle, you know, as you get more pieces assembled and put together, you can clearly see that, you know, oh my goodness, this person is not who I thought they were. They really aren't. And I know that for me, that is where the trouble starts. That's where I suddenly find myself, you know, invested in a friendship. And, you know, what do you do then? And that's where I have found myself numerous times, you know, over the years. And by, you know, and I'm finding if I can... And, the, you know, I guess the tendency here is if I'm too, you know, if I really do pay attention to my mind, 
and I don't idealize this person or project on them who I think they are or who I want, you know, by projecting on them who I want them to be. You know, the fear is, you know, you know, I'm going to see them for who they really are. And that sometimes can be a situation where we end up not being as fascinated with people and we end up not being as curious and intrigued with people. And, you know, for me, I've had to acknowledge that sometimes I have had, I have sought these things out and done this with people because somehow I don't feel like I'm enough. I don't feel like I have enough to offer. You know, it's like I can't, I can't really be comfortable in myself. And as someone who struggled with self-esteem for so many years, I think the pattern was for me for a long time to, you know, feel like if I'm not enough, if I don't really have enough to offer, you know, I somehow need to find that in other people. You know, I need to bring that to myself by going out in the world and finding people who do interest me because I'm not interested enough in myself. You know, I don't find myself interesting enough. You know, I don't feel good enough about myself. And there again, by paying more attention to my mind, I can clearly see that, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have to engage in these behaviors. I don't have to do this. And for that, I am very, very grateful. I can actually go into relationships and feel more comfortable with just letting, letting a person be who they are. And the mindfulness practice really helps in terms of catching myself whenever I start to slip and I start projecting onto them who I think that they are. And I know that it is an ongoing challenge. And at the end of the day, I want to, I want to meet new people, but I want to actually meet them and not a projection of who I think they are or possibly, if I were pressed to admit it, who I want them or need them to be. It's almost like in a way, if I'm not careful, if I'm not paying attention to my mind, you know, I'm having a relationship with a projection of myself. And it is really, really an odd feeling to wake up and realize that. And I've had to make my peace with that. And I know that that's where mindfulness practice and mindful coping practice really helps is in our interactions with people. And once we get more used to paying attention to our minds, you know, the fear for a while was, you know, if I'm paying so much attention to my mind and really paying attention to my, you know, what I'm, you know, how I'm reacting to what I'm feeling, how I'm reacting to, you know, how I'm, what is my thinking like? What am, you know, what is actually going on inside my head? What am I telling myself? What are, what are the stories that I'm telling myself? The fear was that if I was so busy doing that, how could I really genuinely be with people? And I, my, my answer to this would be one word, practice. And I had an interaction yesterday. I sat down and had lunch with a very new acquaintance who was someone who, who he's actually a teacher. And he has a very unique uh, perspective on some some Indian Hindu teachings that I find very very interesting, and where I live in the in the, in, in the United States, there are not a lot of people who teach about these things. And when I met him, I was incredibly uh, fascinated and intrigued. Uh, I read his books, you know, I listened to his talks online, and found it very 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 enriching. And it it has helped me connect the dots on in in some aspects of my spiritual life. 
and I know I caught myself. I was, you know, I have not really met a lot of people like that, you know, in, you know, where I live. And I've had to travel to either the East Coast or the West Coast uh, in order to be able to find, you know, to in order to find teachers like this. And, you know, I found myself, you know, being very fascinated with him and with the teachings. And there is this, you know, I caught myself, luckily, very early on within, you know, the first several hours after meeting him. I realize, okay, I'm doing this. You know, I'm starting to, I'm starting to, there's a, there's a pattern where I, you know, there's this tendency to think, okay, you know, this person basically, you know, has something that I need. This person has, you know, something that they can teach me. And so there's a tendency for me to really focus. And I'm not saying that we should not listen, you know, I'm not saying that it's wrong or that we should not find teachers to help us because we find, you know, and sometimes there are teachers who don't, don't even realize they're teachers at all, but I'm speaking more about people who, you know, have written books, who have, uh, you know, published articles, who have, you know, they I mean, they, they are conscious of the fact that they're sharing things with the world. They may not consider themselves teachers. They may not take that seriously, which I think is actually very beneficial. And I think it's a very healthy perspective but at the same time, though, they clearly have things to share and things to teach people. And uh, what I found was, is that I started, you know, there was this unconscious, it was weird. It was like there was this pattern. I was aware, I was aware before I met him that I have a tendency to do this. And I kind of caught myself. It didn't take long for me, you know, just a couple hours to realize, you know, oh my gosh, I'm doing this again. You know, and, and what's interesting about it is that I don't have to make a big deal about it. I don't have to turn it into a gigantic project. I don't have to react emotionally. I didn't have to get upset. I didn't have to beat myself up or judge myself for doing it. It was just this very subtle awareness. And there again, after years of practice, and I'm not saying it takes years to do this. Everybody has the ability to cultivate this awareness at a different pace. It just took me a while to do this to where I, you know, I'm two hours into a relationship of meeting after meeting someone. And if I can actually be aware that I'm starting to project onto them my belief about who they are, what they can teach me, how they can help me. And it's all coming from a genuine place. I'm not, you know, it's not wanting to take advantage of someone. It's just wanting to, you know, it's a desire to sit at their feet and learn and show them respect. And while I think those are good things, I think we have to be very careful about how we interact with people this way. Because there can be a tendency to project onto them, you know, beliefs about who we think they are. Instead of just letting them be who they are and and letting things unfold and not necessarily uh, trying to tell ourselves who we think they are. And so... I'm very grateful that my practice, you know, allowed me, after doing this for years, practicing the awareness in the moment when I'm interacting with people, when things are actually happening, that I was able to catch myself and say, wait a second, you know, I'm doing this, I'm starting to go down this road, and I know when I do this, I have certain behaviors that I exhibit, you know, I will get overly, you know, I will get very hyper-focused on what what it is that they teach. I will talk to them in a certain way where I'm just, you know, I'm asking lots of questions and I really get to a place where I really, that's all I see. 
I, you know, I am just, I am so completely, incredibly immersed in learning everything I can learn from them and thinking somehow that they might possibly have something for me that I've not been able to find for myself. And then there becomes, and there's not that there's anything wrong with, with someone who sometimes can connect, help connect the dots for us, but it's when we have, it's these expectations. And this is a person who teaches about things that I am very aware, you know, very aware of and have some experience in studying, but I've never had a teacher, you know, right in the same city with me. And so what I thought was funny about it was after I was aware of this and all I really, the neat thing about it was it didn't have to be a big production. All I had to do was just breathe and relax and realize, okay, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm doing this. I don't have to do this anymore. You know, he may very well have some very beneficial things to teach me. He may be able to answer some questions for me, but it doesn't mean that I need to try to decide who I think that he is. I'm just going to let him be who he is. I'm going to get to know him, but I'm going to get to know him as another human being. I'm not going to put a label, you know, on him in my mind and say, this guy is a teacher. This guy can teach me things. If he does teach me things, that's wonderful. If it happens authentically and genuinely and organically in the moment, that's great. But I'm no longer going to expect that. And I did this one time with someone who I thought there was a uh, a Zen master that I worked with years ago. And I absolutely positively was firmly convinced that he was going to be, you know, my Zen master. He was going to teach me so many things. And what is interesting about it is that while I did learn some things from him, he was not anything at all what I thought that he was. And and when I was finally honest with myself, it was very painful for me to own up to the fact that I was in denial about it for a long time, that I really didn't like him as a person. I spent time with him, you know, as a friend, or as friends would, but I did not really feel like he was a friend. I didn't feel like he really... Uh, cared about me at all. I, I, you know, once I, once I woke up from the trance and that's really what it almost feels like. We get into these trances where we believe something so much that we want something to be a certain way so much that we're not really here anymore. We are actually living within our own projections of who we think this person is and what they are, you know, and, and it's almost in a way it's like we are, you know, we're, even when I knew, I could feel feelings that I knew that he really didn't care about me that much and that, that I really honestly didn't like him after I really started paying attention to, you know, I really want to see if this is a person that I really like being around. And, you know, it was really disorienting to me to finally wake up and realize I don't really, you know, if I, was, if I had a choice about being friends with this guy, I don't know if I would have done that or not. But, you know, I hung in there so long because I knew he was my teacher. And I don't think he was really that invested in teaching me anything. I really don't. And, you know, I, 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 you know I've talked to enough people who have had situations like this happen in the past that, you know, it's, it's an ingrained habit. We can, begin, we can begin to think that people have things for us. And there may even be situations in which... They, you know, show signs or say that they do have something for us. But I think that it's, you know, it's, it's, I think that I'm much better off, even if that is the case, to pay attention to my own mind, to pay attention to my own projections, 
to pay attention to any stories that I may be trying to tell myself and to release my hold on those and to not believe what it is that I'm telling myself about this person and just let myself find out who they really are. To let let things unfold and trust that if what I see is not really something that's going to be healthy for me or for them or for both of us, then I can just simply, you know, respectfully and lovingly and kindly and humanely walk away and not have to feel bad about it. And that took me a long time to get to where I didn't have to feel guilt. And I still struggle with that when I when I walk away, when something like that happens. Because I know, you know, not everybody in the world has, you know, we can't be friends with everyone. And it took me a long time to realize that. I, I tried to force things that weren't there. And ultimately what this all comes back to, the whole point of this is that this all originates in our minds. And it, and, it, and it is manifested through what we tell ourselves about the people that we encounter and any storylines that we develop as a result of being intrigued with them or being fascinated with them and needing to have something happening. It's almost like that's the thing. It's like if it's too quiet, if there's nothing really fascinating or intriguing going on, you know, we, we have the, the scary part is we have the, you know, an incredibly powerful ability to create something in our heads. And that's where things get, you know, really tricky sometimes because, you know, it, everything really does seem to begin and end with our minds. It really does. And that's, that's, that's basically where, you know, if we keep an eye on that, if we are paying attention to what we are doing in our, you know, with, with what happens in our minds, uh, we can save ourselves a lot of unnecessary suffering by doing so. And that's really where I'm hopeful. I don't have to be prepared for, you know, every contingency. I don't have to be prepared for every kind of person that I meet. I just have to uh, just pay attention. Thank you.